Hey there. Is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired Word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So welcome to church. Well, good morning to you. It's so good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. And we want to say uh, an extra special welcome to all of our VIPs. We are glad that you uh, have chosen to come and worship with us today. Uh, I have my VIP with me, Bruce and Katie. I appreciate them being here. Thank you for coming. Someone cared enough about you and thought you were special enough that they labeled you a VIP. And uh, that that makes you pretty special. And uh, not just in their eyes, but ours too. So thank you for being here today. I want to call your attention to the bulletin if you were one of those fortunate enough to get one because I know we ran out and I apologize for that, but I hope you have one. Uh, You're welcome to look through it. All of the announcements that are there are very important, so make sure that you are familiar with those and uh, and aware of everything that's going on. Uh, You also will find uh, some inserts in your bulletin this Sunday. Uh, Of course, we've got our proposed 2024 uh, budget We'll be voting on that in a couple of weeks. We've got our deacon nominees in the bulletin. We'll be voting on that in a couple of weeks. So uh, for all of you home folks, uh, that's for you. Now, also you'll find uh, an insert that looks something like this. Uh, This is just to let you know about some upcoming events that we have going on here at the church uh, during the Christmas season. And we hope that uh, you'll mark your calendars for those things and uh, do your part to come and and support as we celebrate Christmas together. But I am so glad that you're here. Thank you again for coming. Uh, If you are one of our VIPs, we have a a special Connect card that we're going to ask you if you'd fill that out. It's out in the front foyer uh, at the welcome desk. If you didn't hit it on the way in, hope you'll get it on the way out because we also have a gift for you that we want to share with you just as a way of us saying thank you for coming and worshiping with us today. Uh, Now, I'll go ahead and make a promise to you because it does ask you to put your email on that card. We are not going to fill your spam folder. We're not going to load up your inbox. Uh, We wanted that email address so that we could just send you a single email to let you know we appreciate you coming. Okay, so I know a lot of times, uh, I don't know about you, but I know for me when I see that on something and I know they're asking for my email, the first thing I think of is, oh boy, I'm about to get bombarded with emails. So we're not going to do that to you, I promise. Let's take just a moment to pray together, and then we'll move into our time of worship together. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, it's good to be in this house of worship today. And we thank you so much for the guests that have come uh, to celebrate this day with us. Lord, we thank you for what they mean to us as individuals 
but we pray, Lord, that they also know that they're special to us as a church family. We thank you for every uh, member that's in this place today, Lord. Thank you for them. They are, they are that body that makes up this church, and Lord, we love each one, and we, we thank you for allowing them to be here. We pray for all of our sick and our shut-ins, and Lord, we know there's just a lot of illnesses going around right now. We pray for them just to bring healing and, uh, and health back to their bodies. Lord, we give you this time because we know that um, if, if all we do is come in here and sing some songs and, and, and hear a message, Lord, and we've, we've kind of missed the point, uh, we want today to be about the ultimate VIP, and that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord, the one who, who saves us, the one who gives us hope and help in, in our times of trouble. So, Lord Jesus, we want you to be the ultimate VIP in this place today. We want to honor you, we want to glorify your name, we want to sing your praises, and we just pray that everything we do in this place today will bring honor and glory to that name and that name alone, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Welcome to a night in Bethlehem. At this Christmas event, you'll explore the dusty streets of Bethlehem. You'll interact with shopkeepers and participate in fun activities, all while learning that Jesus came to save us. You'll also meet Mary and Joseph and hear about their journey to Bethlehem and what it's like to spend the night in a stable with a newborn baby. You'll remember this night for years to come. So join us as we travel back to that important night, a night in Bethlehem. See, in your flyer, in your bulletin, that event is two weeks from tonight at 6 6 p.m. in our fellowship hall. Um, It is presented by our children's ministry, but it is for anybody. It's just going to be a a great night, a very unique way of experiencing the Christmas story. So I would encourage you to come and uh, bring a guest or two. Um, And if you have any questions, you can certainly come and see me or Lori Green. Well, it is good to be back with you all after missing two Sundays. Uh, Just a heads up, occasionally my voice will just stop. If it stops, you just keep singing, okay? All right, well, let's stand together and worship in song. The Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. For He is good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. With a mighty hand and outstretched arm, His love endures
pray. Lord, we are truly thankful for today. We are thankful that we get to come to your house again, and as we go through this Thanksgiving holiday week, will you just remind us of everything we have to be thankful for, which is so, so much. We are thankful for Pastor Tommy and his boldness to speak your word, and may we listen to what he has to say through you. And we thank you also for the opportunity to give back our tithes and offerings. And we ask in proud these things in Jesus' name. Amen. They're in song.
thank you for your singing. I invite you to be seated. Thank you, Nancy. We're glad you're feeling better. There's nothing worse than being sick and can't seem to shake it. And I know that uh, her and Jim and, and Jared have all had to fight and battle that. Before we uh, begin with our message today, we do have uh, something special for our kids that are age 3 through 7. So any of our kids that are age 3 through 7 that would like to uh, go to a children's church setting, uh, we're going to excuse you at this time. Zach and Whitney are making their way to the double doors back here at the very back. And the kids are welcome to meet them back there. And they're going to take them downstairs in, the, in this building. So they're just going to be going right down the staircase and, and they'll be in this building. Uh, we'll kind of help you know where to retrieve them from later. But all of our kids that are age 2 to 7 that would like to uh, participate in that, you're welcome to, to go at this time. Well, again, thank you for being our special guest today, and, and thank you to our members for being here. I want to invite you to join me this morning in the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter number one. Sometimes the best place to start is at the beginning, and uh, that's what we're going to do today uh, as we read verses uh, chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, and, and then we've got a couple of other verses in the same book, so you won't have to be leafing through uh, your Bible too much, but in the same book of Genesis, we'll be looking at a couple of other passages. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be a VIP, and uh, we're going to, to get a glimpse of that as we start in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. This may be familiar to you. Uh, and some of you may be the first time that you've heard this or are reading this. But Genesis chapter 1, beginning in verse 26, says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves. Let's pray together. Father God, again, thank you for the honor and privilege of being able to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And Lord, help us to to remember and, and to know for certain that none of us are here by accident. That long before this day ever was marked upon a calendar, that you, uh, you knew in your sovereignty that each one of us would be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And so, Lord, I, I know that you've gathered us here for a purpose and for a reason. And, Lord, we want your purpose and reason to be fulfilled. So give us ears to hear what you have to say to us today. Lord, all those things of the past week that uh, are, are still kind of plaguing us and uh, still kind of bothering us right now, Lord, help us to set all those things aside. And all those things in the week ahead, Lord, that's already calling for our attention. We pray, Lord, that again, we'll be able to set those things aside as well. 
that for these few moments that we have together, you will have our undivided attention. That, Lord, we'll hear what your word is saying to us and that we'll respond in a way that will be pleasing to you. God, we love you and we thank you that you've met with us here. Now teach us from your word is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in today's vernacular, we use the acronym VIP uh, to most commonly indicate a very important person. And that's kind of the way we were using the acronym today. Each of you that was invited by someone who is a part of this church body, you were invited because in the eyes of that individual and in the heart of that person, you are a very important person. Someone thought of you as their VIP this morning. And as a church, we want you to know that we also consider you a VIP. But this morning, I want to I take just a few moments to take those three letters, the VIP, and apply them in a little bit different way. And by looking at a few verses that are found right here in the book of Genesis, the very book of beginnings, we come to understand that VIP actually applies to every person in this building. Not just those who are our special guest for today, but to every person in this building. Those letters apply to us. So what, how, how can we use that? What do, we, what do we see in God's Word that lets us know that we too are VIPs? There's three simple truths I want to share with you in our time together. The first one is simply this, that we were created for a very intimate purpose. Every person in this place was created by God for a very intimate purpose. You are not an accident. You are not a coincidence. Now, I get it. Maybe your mom and dad, as you got a little bit older, began to tell you, you know what? We might have planned your brothers and sisters, but we didn't plan you. You're just kind of a surprise for us. Maybe they told you that, but can I tell you something? You were not a surprise to God, and you are not an accident. You're not a coincidence. You were created for a purpose. And this, these verses that we just read together reveal that God had that intimate purpose for creating each person. And that purpose is, is very simple. It's, first and foremost, He created you to reflect His image. When you look in the mirror on any given day and that reflection that's, that's looking back at you, you are looking at an image bearer of God. That of all the things that God created, of all the things that God put on this earth, He created you to bear His image. The Bible says that God said, I'm going to make a special part of creation. He spoke the world into existence. We find that in the very first verses. But then we also see that it was the man that he formed out of the dust of the ground. And he said, this very special creation is going to bear my image. It's going to, to be separate from all other created things and from all other parts of creation. There is none other part of creation that can boast this privilege. That they bear the image of God. You, sir, you, ma'am, bear the image of God. 
When he looks at you, he sees a reflection of his image. And that's why he says of man, when he made man, it is very good. When he created the oceans and the mountains and the stars and the moon and the skies, he he said it's good. But when he created man, he looked at man and said, this is very good. God is pleased that you bear his image. You and I possess intellect because our creator God possesses intellect. You and I can innovate and we can Design because our God creator is, is an innovator and a designer. You and I can love because the God that created us is love. We reflect his image. But that's not the only reason you were created with an intimate purpose. While yes, you are an image bearer of God. You were also created for the intimate purpose of knowing your created Creator personally. Genesis chapter 3 tells us that God would often come into the Garden of Eden and He would walk with Adam and Eve. They would, they would take evening strolls through the beautiful garden together and they would have time to talk to each other and, and, and enjoy each other's companionship and, and company. It was God's desire not just to create man in his image, but then to spend time with those he had created in his image. And and I want you to know that that purpose is the same for you as it was for Adam and Eve. He created you to reflect his image, but he also created you because he wants you to know him personally. He calls Adam and Eve by name. He gives them the, the designation as man and woman. Why? Because he wants to know them and he wants them to know him intimately. See, you, you may think that, well, things have changed since Genesis chapter 1. There's a lot of things that have transpired since that period of time. And, and, and I mean, it's, it's been a, a lot of water under the bridge. So maybe God doesn't feel the same way about me the way he felt about them. But I've got news for you. The Bible says that he is the same today as he was yesterday. And he'll be the same today as he will be tomorrow. God is unchanging. So he doesn't think about you any differently. When he looks at you, he sees his image. And he sees someone that he desires to know him purposely and personally. You are created and I am created for an intimate purpose. And that purpose is clear. Now, that's not all that we find in this passage of Scripture. But in Genesis, we if we flip the page a little bit or go down just a little bit farther to chapter 2... Verse number 15, we're going to find that not only are we created with a very intimate purpose, but we also all have a very injurious problem. Look at chapter 2, beginning in verse number 15. Then the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that 
you eat from it, you will surely die. Now down to chapter 3, verse number 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat. But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it or you'll die. And the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes are going to be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, that he, she took the tree as being desirable and wanted to make one wise, and she took it and ate the fruit. And she also gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate. We talked about this this morning with our youth where we're starting to look at in our youth connect group about the difference between right and wrong. You think that's something that's so simplistic, but yet you and I live in a world today where people struggle to know what is right and what is wrong. We live in a world where a lot of those, those times those things get crisscrossed and mismatched and it's hard for us to know right and wrong. And we began to look at how that, that decision came to be for the first man and the first woman. God had provided humanity everything that we needed to survive. Everything that was in that garden was there for the benefit and for the health and for, uh, for the, the man and woman he put there to help them thrive. He, he, he didn't put anything poisonous in that garden. He didn't put anything dangerous in that garden. But yet there was one tree that, that he said of them, of all of these trees. And, and don't forget that. It wasn't just that there was one good tree and one bad tree. There was all these good trees. All these beautiful trees with all of this luscious fruit that was beneficial to mankind and he said of all these trees you can eat but one you cannot eat from and he gave adam and eve the very best of all the foods the very best home the very best surroundings and he even gave them his presence yet adam and eve chose to rebel and disobey the one command god had given him Yes, we look at the, the Bible and we start talking about the Ten Commandments and those, how hard they are to keep. But can I, can I remind you, if we back up just a little bit, that when man started, there was only one command. There was only one, and we couldn't keep it. <laughs> how are we going to keep ten? We couldn't keep one. Of all the beautiful trees filled with all the luscious fruits, God made one tree off limit. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he said to, to the man and to the woman, making it very clear that there is a consequence if you choose to eat from that one tree. If you choose to disobey, there is a punishment, and that punishment is death. Now, we, we know that death to mean two different things. If we read through the rest of Scripture, we know, first of all, he's talking about a physical death. That now these bodies will ache and these bodies will hurt and disease will invade and, and things will start happening to us. Our hair will fall out, our teeth will fall out, we'll, we'll lose abilities to, to walk well and to do all these other things. And some of you young people don't have a clue what I'm talking about. You wait, for, you just wait, you cross over that 50 threshold, you'll start talk, seeing what I'm talking about. But these bodies just start deteriorating, so a physical death. But he's also talking about a, a spiritual death. That, that 
that being within us that makes us who we are spiritually, that was created to know God personally, suddenly that part of us began to die and, and we were separated from God with hundreds, maybe even thousands of trees that were allowed and blessed to produce life and Adam and Eve, they chose to, to eat of the one that would bring death. And, and that, that's where you and I have an injurious problem because you see, I am a descendant of Adam. And so are you. Every one of us, no matter who we may be and what our skin color may be or what our background may be or where we were born on this planet, all of us can trace our lineage back to this first man and this first woman. And they brought something into the world that you and I have inherited. And that is that curse of death upon our life. That you see all of us are born now separated from God as sinners. Now, can I give you an, an example? I've used this with our folks, and they're, they're probably very familiar with it, but I, I want to I use this example with you to show you that we're born with this problem. How many of you, as parents, took your child aside, maybe when they were about three, four years old, you took them aside and you said, okay, now, son, I'm going to teach you how to tell a good lie. All right, you ready? Here's how you tell a good lie. Well, none of us did that. Let's just be honest. We didn't do that, did we? But yet about that age, somewhere in there, maybe a little bit older, something was dropped, something was spilled, something was broken, and they were the only one within a 100 feet of it, and you said, who did that? And they said, not me. Right? Are you with me? Did you teach them how to do that? No, you didn't. That's because it's ingrained in us. It's part of that fallen nature. Now, of course, God in His grace and in His mercy and in His sovereignty, He covers those children by His grace and until each person reaches to a certain age where now they, they fully understand that there's a right and a wrong and there's a consequence to the right and the wrong and there's a consequence to the, to the evil and the good. And so God's grace covers them. But, but you didn't train your children to do that. You didn't train your children to walk through the grocery store and just see a bag of cookies and grab a hold of it and say, I want this and throw it in the buggy. You didn't train your children. To, well, you might have. Uh, I don't know. We, we didn't train our kids. But see, that's, that's what happens. It's part of us. It's in there. We have an injurious problem. The moment that first man and first woman rebelled against God, death entered the human race. And, and not, like I said, not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. A death. And you may say, and, and I've heard this so many times, but wait, 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 Tommy, that's not fair. <laughs> I wasn't in that garden. I'm not the one who ate the, the forbidden fruit. I'm not the one who disobeyed God. I'm not the one who did that. Why do I have to bear the burden of their disobedience? Why am I being punished for something they did? Can I ask you a personal question? You don't have to answer out loud. You certainly don't have to raise hands or anything like that. Have you ever disobeyed God? I want you to think closely now. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 16, God said, you're not supposed to lie. 
In Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, he said, you're not supposed to steal. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, he said, you're not supposed to covet what your neighbor has. And in Exodus 20, verse 7, he said, you're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, he said, you're not supposed to worship anything or anyone other than him. Now, let's pause for just a second and let's be honest. Have, we, have any of us in this room done any of those things? Well, can I tell you what? I, I, don't, I may not know you personally and you may not know me personally, but I'm going to go on a limb right here and say that every person in this room has done one of those things. At least one. So see, here, here's where we, that, that argument breaks down. We've, we've disobeyed God's commands just like they did. So I can't always blame it on Adam and Eve. I can't always look back and say, I'm tired of getting, I, I'm tired of wearing the, the, the punishment for their disobedience. It's not fair to me. I'm, I, I wasn't there, but guess what? You were there when that lie came out of your mouth. You were there when that curse word slipped your lips and you took God's name in vain. You were there when you took what you weren't supposed to take. You were there. So all of us in this room have an injurious problem. The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and come short of God's glory, God's mark of perfection. All of us have. You're in good company today. Can I tell you what? 100% of the people in this room have disobeyed God at some point in time. You're in good company. You're not by yourself. You're not singled out. You're not somehow, some way uh, special in that regard. You are in good company. Each of us is a sinner, not only by nature, because we are descendants of Adam. We're sinners by choice. So while we were created for a very intimate purpose, to reflect His image and to know Him personally, we have a very injurious problem in that every one of us have disobeyed God and as a result, it has brought that spiritual and physical death into our life. Well, I want to end on good news. I don't want to end on bad news. So I want to call your attention to, to back to chapter 3, verse number 13. Here's, here's what he's, the Bible says. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what's this that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity or hatred between you and the woman and crush your... And, and, and between your seed and her seed, and your, her seed will crush you, and you'll bruise his heel. But to the woman he said, I, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. And all the women here said, Amen on that. In pain you will bring forth children, yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then he said to Adam, because you've listened to the voice of your wife, you've, listened, you've eaten from the tree, which I commanded you, saying you shouldn't eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you'll eat of it in all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. And by the sweat of your face you will eat bread. And all the men said amen to that, till you return to the ground because 
from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Doesn't sound like a lot of good news there. But there is. You see, disobedience carries a penalty. And in these verses, we read some of the consequences of that disobedience. Like we were talking about with our youth today, the devil's lie was there's no consequences. Isn't that what he told them in the garden? When they said, oh, we're not supposed to eat that fruit. He said, ah, he's pulling your leg. You're not going to die. You're just going to be as smart as he is. There's no real consequences to disobedience. God said, yeah, there is. To the serpent, he said, you're cursed to crawl on your belly and be confined to the dust of the ground. To the woman, he said, you're cursed to endure pain in childbirth. To the man, he said, you're cursed to hard labor to provide food. Both, for, both Adam and Eve were, were sentenced to physical and spiritual death. And if that's all we take out of those verses, we, we would have to stop today and close our Bibles up and, and look at each other and say, you know what, we're in a mess. We're helpless and we're hopeless. We're not going to get out of this thing very well. But don't miss the invaluable plan that God put in place in verse 15. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. You will bruise his head. You, you will bruise. He shall crush you on the head, excuse me, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So, so don't miss what he's saying here. He's going to cause a fatal blow, this seed, this offspring, this descendant of the human race is going to, is going to issue a fatal blow to you while the best you can do is just cause him some pain. This is the very first record of God promising a deliverer to mankind. And when that deliverer would come, he would strike a mighty and a deadly blow to Satan while the best Satan could do was to bruise him or to to cause some discomfort and pain to him. And this invaluable plan is referred to over and over again as God's plan for man's salvation. This deliverer would come and we would call him Messiah. We would call him Christ. And we know that This happened because we're going into the very season for which we celebrate the fact that this took place when we celebrate the Christmas season because the New Testament, the Bible records us the birth of Jesus, how He came, He was the Son of God, He was the God incarnate, He was the Messiah, He was the Christ. Everything that God promised in Genesis chapter 3, He began to fulfill in the New Testament. And Jesus came. Even in, we read the record of his birth, the angels are referring to Jesus as Messiah. They, they, they show themselves to some shepherds. And here's what they say to those shepherds. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will provide the people for, uh, today in the city of David There has been born for you a Savior 
who is Christ. That means Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he's well pleased. Later, Jesus would utter what we know is the most quoted Bible verse in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16, when he would say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him, or that everyone that believes in him, will not perish but have eternal life. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us, and that's you, that's me, that's, we are his VIPs, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, we have an injurious problem, but don't miss this invaluable plan. God put something in place all the way back in the Garden of Eden that would benefit you and I here today because we are his VIPs. He, we bear his image. He wants us to know Him personally. Our sin separated us from Him. So He put together a plan where He Himself would remove the barrier between us so that we could know God personally. And that invaluable plan is that Jesus came to die for our sins, to die for our disobedience, to take our consequences, and to raise from the grave on the third day so that He could conquer that curse that is against us. Here's, here's the thing, I am tainted by my sin, so no matter how much good I do, it's always going to be tainted by my sin. That's why I can't be good enough to get to heaven. I can't be nice enough, I can't give enough money to charitable organizations, I, I can't do enough uh, work in the community, I, I, I just can't. I, it doesn't matter how many good things I do, it will always be tainted by my disobedience to God. And that's the way it is for all of us. So we have to have something bigger, better, stronger than us to remove that, that, that stain. And that's what Jesus offers us. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you will confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, which just simply means that you will acknowledge Him as your ruler, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the curse that I'm under because of my disobedience to God. Saved from that death that was, was, was put upon me because I have disobeyed God. So here's how that plan applies to you and me. We are sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. And our sin separates us from God. And He wants us to know Him personally. And so here's the, here's, here's the bottom line, guys, okay? I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Every person in this room, our sin separates us from God. It separates us. We can't get to Him because our sin is in the way. And God has chosen to rescue us through His Son, Jesus, the Deliverer, the Messiah. And any person who will come to Jesus in faith and acknowledge Him as their personal Deliverer and will receive that which He has given to us and, and wants us to have, that, that eternal spiritual life, the Bible says we will be rescued from our sin. 
that if we refuse to accept that gift of forgiveness, if we refuse to accept that plan that God has put in place, then one day you and I are going to have to stand before God and answer for our own sin. We're going to have to face our own consequences and endure our own punishment. But Jesus has already done that for you so that you don't have to. There's a reason why he went to the cross and died. He didn't go there because he thought it was something fun to do. Can I tell you something? It wasn't even something he wanted to do. You know how I know that? Because he prayed in the garden three times. God, if there is any way you can let this cup pass from me, please let it pass. And God said to his son, you're their only hope. You're Tommy's only hope. If you don't go to that cross and die for his sins, he doesn't have any hope. Same is true for you, by the way. In that garden, he said to his son, if you don't go to that cross, they don't have any hope. They're going to die in their sin and have to face their own consequences and punishment. So Jesus marched resolutely toward the cross, allowed himself to be tortured and killed for things that he did not do, a perfect man dying for the imperfect people, a sinless person dying for the sinful. And he bought for you and I upon his resurrection the forgiveness from God. And now he offers it to us. It's free, by the way. Now, it ain't cheap. It isn't cheap. It costs, it costs a great amount, but it's free. And he offers it to me and he offers it to you. And the choice this morning is ours. So here's how I want to close our time together. I promised Bruce and Katie some lunch. I want to make sure I get it to them, okay? The first thing, I just want you to understand that you are created by God for an intimate purpose. Your creator loves you. He wants you to know Him personally and reflect His image. I, I want you to grasp the fact that all of us have disobeyed God. That's what sin is. It's just disobeying God. And that all of us are not only sinners by nature because we are descendants of Adam, but we're, we're descendants. We're sinners by choice. We have an injurious problem. And I want us to to know that God loves us so much that He would put this invaluable plan of salvation into place just for us. I am convinced that if you, sir, and you, ma'am, were the only person on this planet, Jesus would have still died for you because He loves you that much. So how do we... How do we... Every one of us in this room, how, how do we come to Jesus for forgiveness and eternal life. There's a great word we like to throw around in church that has, it sounds big and difficult, but it's very simple. It's called repentance. Repentance, by the way, just means if I'm going north, I turn around and go south. If I'm going east, I turn around and go west. If I'm walking toward my sin and it's controlling me, Repentance just simply means that now I turn away from it and I turn to Jesus and I start following Him instead. That's all repentance is. And we're called to repent, turning away from our sin by faith. 
and believing that Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, just simply coming to Him and asking Him to save us. You are a VIP to God. And He wants you to know Him personally. In just a moment, we're going to close up our service. We're going to stand sing together a song. And can I tell you the purpose for that, really? It's just to give you an opportunity in time while that song, while we're singing it, to, 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 to make a decision about what you're going to do with the truth that you now have. That's, that's all it is. It's a time for you to decide what you want to do with now the knowledge that you have. And I want to encourage you that if you've, if you've never done that, if you've never, if you've never made that turn, that, that repentance from, from doing what sin and what you want to do and leading your own life and, and, and walking in that sin to, to following Jesus and letting Him forgive you, I, I, want to, I want to give you the opportunity to do that today. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. In fact, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm, I'm just going to ask you, to, to bow your head and close your eyes. Nobody, nobody looking around because I want this to be a private moment and just out of respect for the people around you not to, not to be looking around. If you truly desired it today, you want to turn away from your sin and turn to Jesus because you, I want you to understand He created you for a very intimate purpose, but you have a very injurious problem. But today you have an opportunity to enact on that invaluable plan, and that's to receive Jesus. Would you just pray this prayer in your heart? You don't have to pray it out loud. You don't have to do anything. But just if you truly want this to be what you want today, will you pray this in your heart? Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I've disobeyed you. I know it's true. I thank you that you created me for a very intimate purpose. I believe you created me to bear your image and to know you personally. But Lord, I know my sin separates me from you right now. Lord, I I don't want that sin to separate me any longer. Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you came and died for my sin and that you rose again on the third day. And And right now, I turn to you. I repent of that sin. I turn away from it. And I turn to you. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Give me, Lord, that promise of eternal life. Now, can I say something? If you just prayed that prayer in your heart, and you truly cried out to God, can I promise you something? He heard it. You say, well, I didn't say it out loud. I didn't go bow an altar. I didn't. It, it doesn't matter. If you were talking to God from your heart, He heard you. And the good news is the Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And in this very moment, whether you have ever known so before or not, I want you to know that if you cried out to God with your heart, He heard that prayer, you have been forgiven and you are saved and you belong to Him. Now, you can look this way if you want to. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that's going to embarrass you or anything else. But in these few moments when we stand together, Nancy's going to lead us in a a closing song. Will you just celebrate the fact in your heart, 
if you prayed that prayer that now, can I tell you something? Not only are you truly that image bearer, but now you can know God personally. And that's what makes you a VIP. Let me, let me pray for us. Lord, thank you. That while we were in a mess, we had disobeyed you, we sinned against you. We had not only inherited death, but then, Lord, we brought it upon ourselves by, by, by disobeying you by choice. Lord, I thank you that you loved us so much and that you wanted us to know you personally so desperately that you would, you would put together this plan, a plan that would involve the Son of God coming to die for us on our behalf. Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room that may have prayed that prayer just a few moments ago. That, Lord, when they walked in here, maybe they were under that curse. And Today, Lord, now that they have heard the truth and responded to it, Lord, they're going to walk out today free from that curse. Thank you for that. Lord, we just pray that in these next few moments we'll celebrate what you have done for us. And that we, through singing these songs together, will be able to say thank you for all that you do. Lord Jesus, thank you for offering us salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
Well, thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. I'm going to run back to that back door because I want to meet you. Uh, if you are a VIP of somebody in this church, that makes you pretty special, and I want to find out who you are. So I'd love to be able to meet you. Uh, thank you for being here today. If you don't have a church family, uh, if you don't have a church family or a church home, please, uh, please come back and worship with us next Sunday. We'd love to have you. Real quick, a reminder to our children's church workers. We are having our training next Sunday after worship service. I have not gotten very many RSVPs. If you can do that within the next couple of days, because I need numbers so I can order lunch. Yes, you will be fed. So there you go. So children's church workers next Sunday. And if you are interested in working with our children's church and you haven't notified anybody, let me know and I will sign you up. We Baptist, we eat. Yes, sir. Thank you again for being here today. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. And uh, if you're our VIP, please make sure you stop by the welcome desk. As you go out those double doors, it's right there to the right. Uh, you can uh, find their uh, connect card and also the gift that we have for you. That, uh, just our way of saying thank you for being here today. Uh, if you have a child that went downstairs, when you go out those double doors, hang a right. You'll see a staircase. Go down those stairs and you'll find your children waiting for you right down there. Okay, let's pray. We'll be dismissed. Father God, again, thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Thank you, Lord, that each one of us, no matter who we are, where we've been, what we've done, what our background may be, uh, whether we've had a, a great run or, or everything's fallen apart, Lord, we thank you that you're still considering us a VIP. Thank you for every person that's in this place. Bless them, Lord, as they leave this place today. Keep them safe as they travel home. And, Lord, just bring us back at the next appointed hours. Our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.